Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board here at The Athletic, presented by BetMGM. It is a Wednesday, April 13th. Michael Beller, Andrew DeWitt here with you on this episode of Best on the Board to take a look over into the NFL. We've been getting some NFL talk back in the feed here. We had Ari Wasserman on to talk NFL draft props, and we will be ramping up that discussion over these next few weeks with the draft just about two weeks away. But we felt this was a good time to get into some of the other things we can talk about in the NFL before the season. Win totals, division winners, Super Bowl winners, things like that. We are beyond the rush of free agency and trades. We are before the rush of the draft. So we have a market that has at least hit a settling point for the time being. So we're going to talk through a whole bunch of those here on this episode of Best on the Board. DeWitt, man, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, doing awesome. Great to be back on the podcast. Uh, had a really great March Madness, great Masters Week, and ready to talk some football and then obviously get into the draft, which quickly snuck up on us because it's only two weeks away right now. So that's a, it's exciting and and. I mean, I feel like the NFL dominated the March conversation again, as it always mm-hmm. tends to do, but even more so this year with free agency getting spread out, the Tom Brady stuff. I mean, it's just been a wild off season so far, and I think the draft is only going to add to that with some trades, I think, eventually at the top of the draft. Yeah, this last few weeks has really felt like the only time since, you know, about a year ago that we've had a, a quiet period in the NFL. And if there's ever going to be a quiet period in the NFL, it is those couple of weeks leading up to the draft before we're really into draft talk in earnest, at least, you know, beyond the draft next among us. And so this is a great time to start putting down some markers on some of the things we believe around the teams in the NFL this season, this coming up season. So let's do that right here. DeWitt, we're going to talk win totals. We'll talk some playoff picks. We'll talk some you know, maybe division winners, things like that. Let's get into it. Give me an under, a win total under that you are liking right now. Uh, my first pick is Saints under eight and a half wins. Uh, my, my reasoning behind this one is that, you know, new coach, this team is definitely in salary cap hell. I know that teams can restructure and push money out and do all these things like the Saints did last year with their salary cap. But I think the talent on this team has really eroded up over the last couple of years. I think Sean Payton leaving really hurts. Um, I think that Jameis Winston is a competent quarterback, as we saw last year. But at the same time, I don't think he's Drew Brees. And I don't think that he's the type of quarterback that's going to lead them to a lot of wins. I think if I look at this team, I think they're okay from an ownership point of view with rebuilding for a couple of years and seeing how that goes. Um, I don't think the like the fan the fan base isn't going to jump off the bandwagon. They love the Saints, and they've been good for so long. I think they're just kind of hitting that time, and it's kind of like the Seahawks. They're like coming off that really good run of the last six, seven, eight years where they're a great team, made the playoffs, you know, Super Bowl contenders, and I don't think they're going to be a, a team that contends this year, even in a weak NFC South division. I just I still like the Saints under eight and a half uh, wins. Yeah, under eight and a half for the Saints is minus one forty on BetMGM. Over is plus one twenty. I'm certainly not going to make a case for the over here. Agree with you. This is a roster that has been hollowed out. They could be looking at an Alvin Kamara suspension to start the season. It's just you know both sides of the ball. This was one of the most complete teams in the NFL just a few short years ago. Who knows what happens if that um, defensive pass interference gets called appropriately in the NFC Championship game against the Rams from a few years back? It didn't. The Saints end up losing that game. Uh, but this is just not anywhere near that team, and it goes beyond Drew Brees. Drew Brees is obviously the the centerpiece of that, but it goes beyond that. I have no argument to make for an over here. The only thing that would make me hesitant for the under is the rest of the NFC South. Like they like there's certainly a 
a pathway to them, you know, winning four games in this division just by sweeping the Panthers and the Falcons. And so that would make things a little bit tough uh, to then navigate your way to under eight and a half. But I really don't think there's, you know, this just, this does not strike me as a super competitive team against quality teams this season. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, the NFC South is probably, I think we probably agree, is now one of the worst divisions in football, if not the worst. Mm -hmm. So it'll be, I mean, it's interesting because the Panthers owner really wants to win and he's going to be desperate to make some moves even around the draft, I think. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But I mean, and the Falcons obviously are, are rebuilding with Matt Ryan being traded to the Colts. So, and Tom Brady's back with the Bucks. Who saw that coming? Hey, you know, in February. Who saw that so, <laughs> like, I, I, it's, it's just a wild. I mean, it's a wild division. Lots of changes. All these franchises are going through changes. I think the Bucks postponed their changes for one year because Tom Brady came back, but uh, then Bruce Arians stepped down. So, yeah. I think it's just a it's a wild it's a wide open crazy division. No great teams. I mean, I think the Bucks will be a really good football team, but I think they're kind of maybe going to come down a little bit from the last couple of years. And I'm going to give you an under here. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Under five and a half wins gets you plus 110. This is going to be a bad team this year. I mean, this was a team that was, you know, running on Russell Wilson and Pixie Dust for a few years already. I mean, let's let's just be honest about this team. The, the defense had fallen off significantly over the last five years. Uh, the the offense was really just whatever Russ could put together for them. They've got some great skill players, you know, most notably DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But this was still a team that was Russ or bust. And, and when they had Russell Wilson in there, they were a at worst fringe playoff contender. And when they didn't have Russell Wilson in there, as we saw them have to do last year when he was out with that finger injury, they were just a bad foot. And now Russell Wilson is gone off to Denver. Drew Locke, at least as of this recording, is this team's starting quarterback. And it's just, it's not a good football team. It's not a good team on either side of the ball. Five and a half wins is, you know, one of the lower numbers that you'll see. There is, uh, there are some four and a halfs out there, but five and a half, the next lowest. And I just, I don't see the path to six wins for this team. First of all, it's a tough division. Uh, They're going to have, you know, the six games in their division against San Francisco, the Rams and Arizona. None of those is an easy game. And they cross over with the AFC West. And those are brutal games. Those are four games where, you know, I don't care which ones are in Seattle and which ones are on the road. They're going to be dogs in all four of those games. And so, like, suddenly you're looking at 10 games on their schedule where, I mean, are they right off the bat, just those games, are they going to be favored? Like, maybe, depending on how things go, maybe Arizona in Seattle, maybe San Francisco in Seattle, if Trey Lance just isn't ready for, for the big show. I mean, maybe they're favored in one or both of those games, but that's it. And so right there, you've already got 10 games off the bat where they are dogs. And I just I just don't see any realistic path to this team being a, a, a six-win team. And it's the six wins is, is nothing impressive. But I, I just don't see how they possibly cobble it together and get to that mark under five and a half. This is uh, one of the first bets I circled. I, I felt it already before the Russell Wilson trade that this was going to be a team we wanted to watch. After the Russell Wilson trade, I just don't see this team not being among the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, no disagreement on my side. I think my only hesitation would be is just does Drew Lock put it together? But the only the question is no. I mean, like he's just <laughs> not gonna come out and do that. So I think I, I would definitely not bet the over. It would probably be a stay away for me. But I think that you know the Seahawks are gonna be a rebuilding team. Like I said, kind of was the Saints. Their their organization is okay going through a couple of rebuilding years building up draft capital, building up, getting a new starting quarterback, obviously, because they traded Russell Wilson. So this is like where they're at, and they decided to stick with Pete Carroll, and they believe that he can rebuild this team to where it was a few years ago. 
yeah, I'm not buying it. It's not happening this season, at least. The rebuild is going to be taking a few years here. I do not think this is going to be anything of a competitive team in 2022. Let's talk some win total over uh, overs. Um, let's hit some let's hit some overs here really quick. Uh, the Detroit Lions coming in with a number of six and a half. This was a surprisingly competitive team. Last season played a lot of close games. Those often resulted in losses, but they were nowhere near as bad as a lot of people expected them to be this season. And the over six and a half is something that has caught your eye. Yeah, uh, a couple of reasons. Like like you mentioned, there were six games that they lost by a, a touchdown or less last year. Um, I think they, they get the Seahawks and the Jaguars at home. So those are two winnable home games. Um, I think, you know, they're just going in the right direction. They have the number two overall pick in the draft. Whether they take Trayvon Walker or they trade down because a team gets quarterback hungry and feels like they need to trade up for that number two pick, I think there's they're going to get a lot of capital out of this draft, um, and they're going to add an impact player no matter where they pick. So I think I like them because I think they're just a team on the rebuild, and they've they've put some things together. And I know that mm-hmm. you know when one score losses don't result in wins the next year necessarily, but sure. if you look at the trends, I think that the a team's one one score wins and losses are kind of a little bit of luck right sometimes you have a quarterback who's a little bit better than the other quarterback you come back and score a touchdown things like that but I think in the end they kind of tend to over like even out over their you know a five games or five year span so I like the Lions just kind of bounce back this year um their crossover schedule isn't terrible they get like I said they get the Jaguars and the Seahawks at home there's a couple winnable games in there so I, I like I like the Lions over six and a half yeah, it's uh, another one that I'm not necessarily running out to my uh, favorite sports book to bet, but I'm certainly not going to try to talk anyone out of the Lions going more than six and a half wins. I'm going to try to talk people, including anyone listening right now, into the Jets over five and a half wins. That's my favorite over on the board right now. It's at minus 120, so you're going to have to pay a tiny bit of extra juice on it. But this is a team that yeah, has really, like, sort of quietly to it, put together her really nice roster. Uh, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL that is, you know, beyond reproach with Without question, they are going to come into the year with that. They've got some nice skill players around Zach Wilson. Really like Michael Carter. I hope they unleash him in the backfield and let him be the clear number one. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, that is not a bad one-two punch at the wide receiver position. And this is certainly a team that is going to be in the mix. If they want to add a high-level receiver like Drake London or Garrett Wilson, they are going to have the opportunity to do so. So maybe even more coming to Zach Wilson a hoped-for step forward out of Zach Wilson in year two. This is a team that can play pretty good defense, and you know the schedule doesn't really scare you too much. I mean, AFC North is their crossover division in their own conference. That's those are tough matchups, no way about it. Even Pittsburgh, you know, as the clear fourth team out of four in the AFC North, tough matchups across the board. There's really no uh, avoiding that. Uh, but there's. They get uh, the NFC North, uh, so they get those uh, Detroit Lions uh, who could still go over six and a half wins, but not exactly be a team that you're super afraid of. Chicago Bears certainly fall in there as well. They get the Jaguars at home. They get the Seahawks on the road, and there's just there's going to be a lot of winnable games for the Jets in here, and really the only team in their division that you just look at and say, nope, not going to happen, are the Bills. Like I, I think that you know the Jets could you could call the Jets the fourth best team in the AFC East, and they could easily, easily split with both Miami and New England. And I think maybe they push one of those teams and are not the worst team in this division. So we're just trying to find a way to get to six wins. I think we can find it with some of the reasonable steps forward we're expecting this team to take and the opponents that they get matched up with this season. Yeah, no argument for me. I I think they are going – the Jets are definitely going in the right direction, and they have to. 
because if they don't, it'd be another rebuild. And I mean, the fan base is just already going crazy anyway and probably checked out. So I think, I mean, they're sticking with the right things. They're sticking with the coach. They're sticking with the quarterback. They're sticking with building pieces around that quarterback. So I think that's a good formula for the Jets to win more than five and a half games this year. One more win total play for us. It comes from you, and it's actually going to lead into one of my just absolute favorite bets already of this NFL season. The Chiefs, the big bad bully in the AFC West for the last half decade, maybe not so much anymore. Every other team in that division got better this offseason, and the Chiefs probably got worse if we're being realistic about it. Their win total sits at 10.5 with the over still being a slight favorite. You, however, DeWitt on the under at plus 115. Yeah, I mean, under 10.5 wins. couple reasons. Tyreek Hill is now in Miami. They got a ton of draft capital from that trade, but draft capital doesn't immediately turn into wins and, and great players that first year typically. Um, you know, I Travis Kelsey is the same age as Rob Gronkowski, actually. Um, he's aging. We saw it in the playoffs, him slowing down a little bit, a little bit towards the end of the second half last year. Without Tyreek Hill, there's no that over-the-top threat. So now they're going to be saying, hey, we're just going to shut down Kelsey. So who's another weapon that's going to show up? And that's the real question. Um, and the running game has just been pretty poor the last few games under Mahomes, which is fine because they have Patrick Mahomes. The defense, I mean, they have no... Defensive ends, they don't get pressure on the ball. They had the second fewest sacks in the NFL, I think, last year. I mean, they're just missing in some key spaces um, mm-hmm. right now. And I just think with the AFC West, I, I could bet all like four teams to finish under just because of their schedule. Like they have to play yes. each other and they're going to kill each other. You know, and what if, mm-hmm. like, is any team really going to win six or seven games in that division? I don't think so. And then you have their crossovers, NFC West, which then you have three really good football teams outside of the Seahawks who we've already talked about. So I just see this like getting to 10 wins, 10 and a half, 11 wins and be hard for the chiefs this year. And you know, their extra game, the AFC extra game is on the road this year. So, and they have to go to the bucks. That's one of their games is their crossover game is NFC South uh, champion from last year. So they have to go play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, not going to be an easy win. So I just, I just see the chiefs having one of the toughest schedules this year. And I think it's just going to be a, a down year for the Chiefs, that doesn't mean they're not going to win the division still. That doesn't mean like they're not going to make the playoffs. It's just mm-hmm. I getting to 10 and a half is just going to be getting to 11 wins and be hard for the Chiefs, I think. The math is hard for all those AFC West teams, as you pointed out. And it's like we can already see the five seed in the AFC playoffs being the AFC West second place team and being like a four and a half point road favorite at like the Colts or something. In the, in, the, for in the first round of the playoffs because of just how good that AFC West is going to be this year. They are going to be beating up on one another, and I would expect to see you know, three maybe playoff teams come out of that division. The one who I expect to see most strongly out of that division, the Los Angeles Chargers. Give me right now the Chargers to win the AFC West at plus 270. These teams are all stacked one on top of the other, as is uh, expected to be the case when you've got um, everything the Chiefs, of course, uh, still are, everything that the Chargers bring back and have added, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Broncos bring in Russell Wilson. The Raiders go out and make the playoffs last year and think of just everything that was lined up against the Raiders last season. They make the playoffs. They bring in Devontae Adams. They make some other big moves, too. I mean, this is just going to be a gauntlet of a division, but I think on both sides of the ball, if we're, if we're judging these teams top to bottom, and this is, this is not going to be a division where uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes was, you know, just so head and shoulders above every other quarterback in the division. 
that he was able to will them to division championships for a few years now. I think that's what we see out in Buffalo. And Buffalo is, I think, much better than all those AFC teams. I think Buffalo, for my money, the best team in the AFC, period. But Josh Allen is so much better than those other AFC East quarterbacks that he can just will them to 13 wins in a relatively easy division title. Not going to be the case in the AFC West. This is absolutely going to be a division that is won by the entirety of the roster. I think the Chargers have the best roster here, DeWitt. I think with everything they added on the defensive side of the ball, that this is the team with the best overall roster, offense, defense, special team. So at plus 270, I like these Chargers quite a bit to win the division. And at plus 1600, looking at them for a Super Bowl pick as well. Yeah, I mean, they still have a little bit of salary cap space. So if there's some post- Mm -hmm. June 1 releases for salary cap reasons from other teams, they could sweep, swoop in and grab, a, you know, a veteran who can fill a hole from them as well. And I, I like where those Chargers are going. I think Justin Herbert is obviously an elite quarterback. We've seen that from him. You know, this team has always just been like the bugaboo team. Like, well, how are the Chargers going to blow this one? And we kind of saw it last <laughs> year with the, the Raiders game. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, I've seen this Chargers team just fail so many times, but I, I do think they're turning the corner. It just seems like this is the end of the bad luck run for the Chargers, and this is going to be the year that they step up and you know control their own destiny and feel like they're a team that can go in there and win several games and win the AFC West and make a, a run in the, the playoffs and you know challenge like the Bengals did and, and go and maybe make the Super Bowl or even win it, like you said. All right, let's turn our attention to uh, teams that we believe are going to, or as the case may be, not going to make the playoffs. One team we both like, we talked about this before we started recording, the Baltimore Ravens. They are a yes, minus 130 for the playoffs. I mean, this is another team that so much worked against them. So much worked against them, especially in the second half of last season. But, I mean, go all the way back to the J.K. Dobbins injury, the Gus Edwards injury. This was a team with horrible injury luck last season that was still that close, even without Lamar Jackson, that close to getting into the playoffs at minus one thirty, you and I are in agreement on this one. This is a really strong bet. Yeah, I just the their injury luck cannot be as bad as it was last year. Mm-hmm. This team is just a solid team that drafts well, builds pieces, has Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. Um, you know, and I I don't think that you know the AFC North is always going to be a tough division. Um, you know, the the Browns adding Deshaun Watson, obviously. The Bengals with Joe Burrow, the Steelers are kind of probably going to be in a rebuilding mode a little bit, but still a tough out, tough team to beat. But I really just like the Ravens and how they're built as a program. They just win games consistently year in, year out. They draft the right players, um, and they have good players all over the field. I just think that they're a team that, you know, it's a safe bet on them to make the playoffs because they do the right things and they don't they don't lose games they should win. They just go out there and win games. They have great special teams. They have great planning, game planning. They just do all the little things that make a great football team. So that and I just part of this is like the number. I think the number is a little too low. I would put it like closer to minus one fifty or one sixty for the Ravens to make the playoffs. And that's kind of why I kind of circled this. I didn't really like their win total number, but I liked them to make the playoffs just with especially with seven teams making the playoffs and the AFC West being so tough like they're gonna beat each other up the AFC South is pretty weak like I just can see the Ravens making the playoffs pretty easily it's got to have something to do with the division why the total is so low because I mean the Bengals who you know went to the Super Bowl and all 
actually have the third best odds just to win the AFC North on BetMGM. Right now, the Browns are actually considered the favorite in the AFC North at plus 160. Then you've got the Ravens at plus 210. And then you've got the Bengals. Again, Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl participant just a year ago, just last season, as the third favorite at plus 240. So, I mean, it, it, this is going to be a gauntlet of a division as well. But, yeah, we are in agreement on that. Absolutely Love, 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 love the Ravens to be back in the playoffs this season. Again, it's like as long as the injury luck evens out for them, I find it very hard to believe that they're not going to be a playoff team this year. And hey, they'll uh, for the, one of the first times ever, the Ravens will actually have, you know, at least on paper at the start of the season, they'll get to benefit from the, uh, the, the their place in the division a year ago and, and who they match up with in this 2022 season. I'm going to flip things over to the other conferences, North Division where we find the Minnesota Vikings at plus 100 to be in the playoffs. And I think they get it done. I think that this is another to sort of sort of similar to the Chargers in that like they always seem to find a way to not play all the way up to their talent level. But the NFC is, I mean, you know, the AFC is so, so deep. And the AFC has so many championship contenders. The NFC, very top heavy. And then it's just sort of a big shoulder shrug as to who's going to fill those last few wild card spots. We know, you know, right now, again, five months out from the start of the season, I think pretty much everyone would agree. Packers, pretty safe in the NFC North. Buccaneers, pretty safe in the NFC South. Rams, pretty safe in the NFC West. There's going to be an NFC East winner. Obviously, it's looking like the Cowboys this far out from the start of the season. Then you've got like the Cardinals and the 49ers who are, you know, better than your the rest of the NFC at least on paper right now, but you know, not necessarily a guarantee to make the playoffs. And then it's like, I don't know, can the Eagles do it again? Can the Commanders be better this season? Can the Giants take a step forward? Can the Saints like grunt their way to nine wins and get into the playoffs? Can the Panthers surprise us? Can Justin Fields take a big step forward? Like there are so many unknowns in the NFC that the Vikings, with all the talent they still have on that roster, just feel like a pretty good bet as a sixth or seventh seed in that division. They certainly, I mean, all those teams I just named, you know, if we're talking about just winning in 2022. Any of them would trade for Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback on those teams. Is Kirk Cousins going to lead you to a Super Bowl the way that, say, maybe Justin Fields can grow into a Super Bowl winning quarterback? I don't think so. But right now, he's certainly head and shoulders above Justin Fields as a quarterback and pretty much every other team in the NFC other than the obvious Super Bowl contenders in the conference. I, I just think that getting even money on the Vikings right now it is sort of a gift. It just doesn't acknowledge the fact that they are unquestionably one of the top six, seven at worst teams in the NFC as all the teams are constructed right now. Yeah. And like you said, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to win the Super Bowl for the Vikings. And I wouldn't be touching a futures bet on them to win the Super Bowl, but I do like their odds to make the playoffs because there's seven teams that are coming out of the NFC. We know just by looking at the teams, you know, on paper that the, the NFC is a lot weaker than the AFC. And so where are those teams going to come out of? And like, how are you going to get seven teams? I mean, we were talking last year all year about how, you know, those those bottom three teams that made the playoffs out of the NFC were going to be, you know, struggling teams. And it, it kind of played out to be that way. So, I mean, I do like the Vikings. I think they, you know, they have some really good talent. And I think they're going to put it together. And they're going to, you know, find a way to get into the playoffs because they really have to uh, as an organization this year. 
Yeah, this is definitely a put up or shut up year for the Vikings. It's got something to do with the fact that the NFC is as weak as it is. I mean, there is no way. I'm not saying you should be picking the Vikings to win the NFC, but there is no way that any honest football evaluator looks at the 16 teams in the NFC and doesn't place the Vikings somewhere in, I would say, the top six. I think they're uh, pretty comfortably a top six team. If you want to put the four division winners plus Arizona and San Francisco ahead of them and say they're the seventh best team in the NFC, yeah, fine, so be it, whatever. But I think they're unquestionably in that group of teams. And so this really needs to be a year where they get themselves into the playoffs. I think they do at plus 100, a price that I am happy to take on the Vikings to make the playoffs. Let's talk Tennessee Titans, DeWitt, minus 125 to make the playoffs here in a team that... Yeah, like, I mean, doubt them and doubt them and doubt them all you want. And I was plenty doubting them last year, but they just kept winning games. And if Derrick Henry doesn't get hurt in, what was that, November? Yeah, maybe things look a lot different for them in the playoffs because he clearly wasn't at 100%. They're minus 125 to make the playoffs this season. What do you got on the Titans? Yeah, I just like their positioning. Um, You know, Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback, I think. Uh, Derrick Henry's the best running back in the NFL. Um, I think they have some really good defensive pieces that they're building around. They're obviously like last year, similar to, you know, how the Ravens got bit by the injury bug, especially at the end with, with Lamar Jackson missing the few final few games is like the Titans got bit by the injury bug as well. Um, including like the Derrick Henry injury being the most specific one that stands out. And I think they're just going to be a really good, solid football team, kind of like the Ravens. They play the right way. They do the little things. Their special teams are good. You know, you don't have to worry about them just like blowing games uh, right and left that they should win. Some, are, some would say like the Chargers have done in the past few years. So I think like I just like them. Um, obviously, the Colts are a team in their division that's pretty good. But then, you know, like, Texans, I'm not worried about that. Jaguars, not worried about that. Um, you know, although the Colts were kind of worried about the Jaguars, I guess, at the end of the season last year. Um, <laughs> so I, I just like the Titans, I think, to make the playoffs. And when I was looking at like the Super Bowl odds, they were the one team that kind of stood out to me at 30 to 1, just because I think they're going to be there in the playoffs. They're going to be a good team. They're probably going to be peaking around playoff time. They're a team that's built to win in January with Derrick Henry in the rushing game, um, and their defense. So I just, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on 30 to 1 right now. I think those odds will go up as the season goes through. I'm not a big fan of betting favorites uh, early, especially in the offseason, yeah. on, because there's so many things that could happen um, that could go poorly for a team. But I think the Titans at 31 is like, maybe I'll just grab that number and see how it goes, um, you know, throughout the season. And if they get to a AFC championship game or something like that, I could hedge and probably cash in some money, at least on that bet. So. Yeah, that's why I don't really have a, a Super Bowl bet that I love right now. I mentioned the Chargers at sixteen to one. The Ravens are also sitting at twenty to one. The Bengals are sitting at twenty to one. All those are intriguing. I don't think you need to rush to lock those in just yet. We can, you know, nothing these teams do over the next few months are going to change any of these odds all that significantly. So I don't think you need to rush to get any of those in. Those are the ones that I look at right now. And if you know we get to September. And we are still looking at the Chargers at 16 to 1, the Bengals at 20 to 1, the Ravens at 20 to 1. Then maybe I plunk something down because those are numbers that could certainly improve as the, you know, if they start off 4 and 0, for example, any one of those teams, which any one of those teams is liable to do. So maybe I lock that in come, you know, August. It's not something I'm too interested in getting tied up in right now. And then, as you say, the favorites, like, there is no reason to rush in a bet on the Bills at plus 700. Like you, that, you're going to be able to get plus 700 for a while on the Bills, no matter how much you like them. So 
you know, sit back and take in those Super Bowl odds bets as we uh, and let things uh, progress here. But the one that does sort of intrigue me, and I know it intrigues you too, right now the AFC is minus 125 to win the Super Bowl. And we have spent a good chunk of this episode talking about just how good the AFC is and how the AFC's got all these Super Bowl contenders. So many teams we could see winning the Super Bowl. The NFC, top-heavy, but not a lot of options to win the Super Bowl. And so minus 125 translates to about a two-point spread, two, two and a half, maybe down to one and a half. It's right in that range uh, for minus 125. And like, I don't like how many teams, like what, what sort of matchup will the AFC not be favored by two, two and a half points? Like Buccaneers and like, like sort of like last year, maybe. Right or like where the Bengals, you know, or the the conference's four seed pulls off a couple of upsets and is going up against the Buccaneers or the Packers or someone like that. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be looking at the AFC laying, you know, a field goal maybe more. So I, there is some value that you might be able to lock in right now. Yeah, the only thing that, and this is, should be said for all of these bets, is that you're locking your money up for a really long point. Like you're you're talking locking your money up for like nine plus months. So there yes. could be better ways to, to use your bankroll right now. And that's like kind of a bankroll management uh, mini lesson right there. But I mean, I do really like the AFC at that price. I think, you know, especially as we get going in the middle of the season, I think that that price is only going to go up because we're going to see the AFC beating a lot of these NFC teams. The AFC is going to have, you know, the top five or six teams, you know, outside of the Packers and the Bucks. Like they're just going to be like romping through these games and like, the AFC is going to be the talk of the town all season long, so I only see that number growing. But at the same time, it is scary to lock my money up for you know nine plus months mm-hmm. waiting on the Super Bowl result. So yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm totally right there with you, and that's why it's another reason why I'm not super interested in any of these Super Bowl bets right now. I'm just not trying to have that money tied up for nine months. But it's it's it, like I don't know. I think that it would take it would like even if it is like even if it is Buccaneers or Packers, as long as it's one of the top seeds out of the AFC. Like, it just feels likely that the AFC uh, is going to be a, a minus 125 play. So just something to think about, a little fun thing to think about as we are rounding third and heading for home on this episode of Best on the Board. One more thing to talk about. There is one individual award that DeWitt wants to get into. Defensive Player of the Year. What do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Aaron Donald is the best uh, defensive player in football. And I think TJ Watt won the award last year because he had so many sacks. Um, it's part of his team that was, you know, struggling in games. He had to go get the quarterback. Um, I think the media like overlooked Aaron Donald and they wanted to give it to someone else, even though Aaron Donald is clearly the best player in football at times and probably the easily the best defensive player in football. Look at the Super Bowl and how that game ended. Um, one concern, I mean, there's been talk about his contract, him possibly retiring. I'm not worried about that. The Rams will figure it out. They always do. Um, and I just don't think that you know, TJ Watt or Miles Garrett, they're both have better odds than Aaron Donald. And that's just not the case because Aaron Donald should be the favorite. And at, you know, at plus 750, I like the odds. I like the payout on that seven to one on my money for a player that I clearly think is the best player on the defensive side of the ball is a good bet to me at all times. That's one that can change very quickly too. All it takes is Aaron Donald coming out having a great game week one, and suddenly that seven fifty is down to five fifty. I mean, that those player of the year odds truly can change that quickly. I mean, right now uh, in, in Major League Baseball, um, at the start of the MLB season, which was 
I mean, literally, not even a full week ago, Seiya Suzuki was plus 350 to win the NL Rookie of the Year. He has three homers so far for the Cubs in the early going of the season. He's at plus 200. I mean, things can change in those sorts of awards just like that. So if you're on board with Aaron Donald as comfortably the best defensive player in the NFL, now's actually not a bad time to lock in the plus 750 because you just don't know how quickly and how sharply that might change with just one game of data. And that will do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for joining us. For Andrew DeWitt, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.